Good evening, for once, and welcome to yet another episode of An Unqualified Guide to the Good Life, the show where we try to work out what it means to live well despite having no qualifications to do so. My name is Adam, with me as always is Nick, but yet again he fades into insignificance because we have a guest for this wonderful interstitial Christmas episode, uh, Mr. Zach Wolf. Hi Zach, how are you doing? And how are you Nick? Hello Adam, I am doing alright. It's such a pleasure that you've invited me on this. I'm quite excited. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, if um, you happen to know who I am, you probably know who Zach is, to be honest with you. But um, a- as it happens, I-, I make music as Kamau and the wolf, me being Kamau, this being the wolf. So my my oh. business associate in a... <laughs> business associate in a different context. And... Um, yeah, so today, today You're we are. You're such a serial entrepreneur, on... Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many well, ventures. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Don't, yeah, don't, don't spill the beans. Well, so today we are doing a special, which is a liminal episode in between seasons. It has no particular theme, so if you're hoping to learn something, you can probably just switch off now. But uh, we're just doing. <laughs> well, it a, has a, a very a... explicit theme. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does actually have a very specific theme. We're talking about Christmas because it's so near at hand and it feels like it has been stolen from us um, by the powers that be. And uh, mm. well, it turns out there's a history of that and we might even cover some of that. But um, yeah, we we decided it would make sense to invite uh, Zach on here as well to join us for the sake of his episode because um, it's a weird episode and he's a weird guy. So, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and... Uh, we're recording it in the evening. We've all got drinks. Gentlemen, cheers. Have, um, cheers. have a, have a cheers. I, I've got a, a red wine. Nick, you've got a Feldschlossen. That's Prosecco from Zach. I like the Foley work that you're incorporating into this, Zach. That's wonderful. The Foley work? Yeah. You know, Foley. It's like it's like sound What's... effects. Mm. Right. I still I don't did not know, know that. But yeah, okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> You're more technical than Zach is, who's a musician. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think okay, it's well, from Adam. like theater or something. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah. Adam, yeah. do you want to, um, in keeping with tradition, we're discussing tradition, um, mm-hmm. extend ours by introducing our theme with a quote, perhaps two. You don't have to, do you? With a quote. I don't have um, two. I have one. Concerning Christmas. Yeah, I have one, and now that I'm reading it back, I'm like, why did I pick this quote? This is such a bad... Anyway. (laughs) This quote from Charles Dickens in A Christmas Carol goes, I will honour Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. Well, which which (laughs) sounds... No, because it's like... It's saying, like, you know... You you want to be charitable. um, You want to... um, Give give gifts. Um, uh, eat too much. Um, uh, watch watch uh, watch a film, uh, and just keep that going all the year round. Yeah, no, fair enough. That sounds like enough. my worst I'm, nightmare. I'm... But... <laughs> 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 There's uh, some way. Also, obviously, some more degenerate um, Christmas quotes. Um, E.g. don't blame the holidays, you were fat in August. And uh, if a fat Ooh, man puts you in a bag... A little on the nose. Huh? What, a little it? on the nose. 
<laughs> yeah. If really? a fat man puts you in a bag at night, don't worry. I told Santa I want you for Christmas. So um, yes, now it feels like you're reading a um, a website called Christmas themed pickup lines. Is that? Um... <laughs> well, the first Ooh, one wasn't much of a pickup line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. If you think of any Christmas themed pickup lines, feel free to throw them in at any point. Um, but. I guess we can move into well the origins of Christmas. I don't know if either of you had any um, knowledge of where Christmas comes from. G Big JC aside, obviously. Um, Dude, I went to school in the UK. I was in three nativity plays. Played Joseph. <laughs> okay, congratulations. When I was I when will... I was like eight, it was I was my my greatest role to date. Sick, sick. Well, it turns out that people have been celebrating at this time, um, way before like the Christian Christmas existed, basically, mm -hmm. right? And um, actually, Christmas actually pretty much stole pagan holidays, um, in essence. But um, we'll get to that. Uh, essentially, in the middle, I mean, the middle of winter has long been a time of celebration, um, particularly in Europe, but generally around the world. And um, I'm sure, Adam, you could tell me what particular day in winter was significant for the pre-Christian Europeans. Uh, it's probably today, 21st of December, the solstice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Today the solstice. we're recording it, not to be released. But, um, yeah, 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 yeah. The the, the shortest... Um, day of the year which meant that the worst of the winter was behind them and that they could look forward to days gradually getting longer and being exposed to more uh, sunlight in scandinavia the norse celebrated something which i'm probably gonna butcher the pronunciation of but which what reads as yule for me from december 21st um all the way through to january and basically yeah. they would um uh, fathers and sons would bring home large logs, which they would set on fire, and the people would feast and drink until the logs burned out, which could take as many as 12 days. Um, 12? And, Sorry, yeah. 12 days? <laughs> yeah, apparently. I think they were probably adding to the fire. Like They just I'm chopped down done. the Yggdrasil <laughs> and set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could take up to 12 days, so it could extend into January. But it turns out trees in Europe used to reach 500 meters tall, but the Scandinavians chopped them all down and set them on fire for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and also part of that celebration in many other areas of Europe was that cattle were slaughtered so that they would not have to be fed for the remainder of winter. Um, and by then they had, you know, um, fermented whatever dairy they needed. Um, so for many, it was the only time of the year when they had like a, a substantial supply of fresh meat. Um, and, and then obviously, you know, they would maybe preserve some of it whilst it was cold enough if they had those mechanisms. Um, and, um, and most wine and beer made during the year was finally fermented and ready for drinking at that time. So, you know, it was, a, it was basically, yeah, people drank and ate and generally it marked the beginning of a new cycle, which I guess speaks to your quote about it, Adam. And um, mm. there are many other traditions. I'll mention two more um, before getting to how Christianity and sort of the, the Roman variant on that um, implemented all of these into Christmas as we know it a little bit more. Um, and the first that is in Germany, 
or what was what what we would now think of as Germany. People honored the pagan god Odin uh, during again the solstice. And um, interestingly enough, this feels like a precursor of like Santa Claus mixed with kind of Krampus, much more sinister. Um, but Germans were terrified of Odin as they believed he made nocturnal flights through the sky to observe his people and then decide who would prosper or perish. So because of his presence and presumably the cold, many people chose to stay inside and make merry. So um, the notion of... So wait, Odin, uh, Odin used to walk around just straight up killing people? No, um, the notion of a flying fat man who decided oh. to put you on a naughty or nice list <laughs> existed before Christmas and way before Santa Claus. Um, but he didn't really bring you gifts and it had nothing to do with children, essentially. Um, at least not at first, right? Because yeah, Christmas gift, gift giving, as we think of it, is um, mostly associated with children. Much as, uh, much as, I don't know, are you, do you, are you expecting gifts? <laughs> Either of you? <laughs> do you no. still expect gifts from your, from your parents or peers? Because I haven't gotten neither of you anything. What, what about you, Zach? Uh, my mom always gets me, uh, gifts, but, uh, and then I feel bad because I never get her anything, but. <laughs> It's sort of actually SNL just made a a, a a skit about that how mothers just kind of give everybody in the family a gift and they never receive any. But right. I I mean I I don't really have a tradition of Christmas, so uh, I've always sort of gotten <laughs> okay. a gift just out of like commercialism's sake. Just my mom's just like, okay, it's Christmas. Other people are getting gifts. So I'll get you a gift. Yeah, no, fair um, enough. But yeah, fair I got enough. I got a gift fair actually. Enough. I got a candle because I've been smoking the shit out of my apartment and my land. My the the landlord Sorry, is, you got yourself a gift. No, my mom got me a candle because I've been, <laughs> okay. I actually asked for it because my la uh, my landlord's coming by my flat and I wanted to sort of try and find a way to cover up the smell of cigarette. Okay. So that's <laughs> like very practical. Yeah, very practical. <laughs> very practical. <laughs> practical. Yeah. Okay. So you're um, you out with that one. I got a, yeah. I got a book. I'm getting a book voucher. And this t-shirt and this hoodie that I'm wearing, which I got in a secret Santa, which is, yeah. the listener can't see, but it's um, it's uh, a hoodie with the, the picture of the season one cover art um, on it, which I'm very pleased with. Also, just um, just while I'm talking, I, I do apologize to the listener, you, Nick, and, and you, Zach, probably can't hear this, but my neighbor is, like, hammering up a picture right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I could just or see on no, Audacity file it just like the dunk 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 as we were recording of really hammering up a picture. I can't hear that at all. Okay, yeah, fair I enough. So um, apologies for that. Um, um, well, to get back to the story of Christmas. Are you getting a gift? Me? Am I getting a gift? I don't know. Yeah. It's still a bit premature. I hope. I hope I'll get a gift. My brothers have explicitly told me they're not giving me shit, but um, you know. I'm, I'm still hoping my parents will. I went out Christmas shopping today. I actually got into a scuffle at the store today because um, I went and bought my mum a gift and um, the owner, like the, 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 the store clerk helped me wrap it or wrapped it for me. And then someone else who was like, like taking care of a different customer was asked like, oh, can you wrap my gift as well? 
and she happened to be the owner of the store and was like, no, we don't, we don't wrap gifts anymore. It's illegal. They've told us not to wrap gifts for anyone. But my, the person who was helping me out was like, yeah, fuck all that though. I'm going to help you wrap the gift. And, and the other customer started basically through a huge fucking tantrum which was a bit excessive about like that's so unfair i could see her wrapping this man's gift how come he gets his gift wrapped and i was like well i'm sorry (laughs) 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 wrap your own gift (laughs) so um yeah yeah i I did i did get my (laughs) yo man come over here dog i'll wrap that shit for you man (laughs) (laughs) i see that gift looking mad bad dog yeah yeah and the woman at this but it's ridiculous because i think maybe for covid purposes they're not allowed to wrap gifts right i don't know they can't touch i don't know whatever it might be but she was like but i will give you the wrapping paper and the string if you want to i'll like (laughs) cut it to the right dimension you just actually have to be the one to fold it and scotch it at home (laughs) otherwise it's illegal apparently so the the person who can transport an an unfolded piece of wrapping paper home without utterly destroying it is is my hero it's not you it's not me <laughs> certainly not me um yeah. okay so cheers then in that case cheers 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 cheers, cheers merry cheers. merry festivities cheers 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 happy yuletides to you happy yeah. yuletide happy happy yuletide and um odin fest and winter solstice and finally the other tradition in rome where um winters were not as harsh as those of the barren northern plains of scandinavia um there was a holiday in honor of saturn the god of agriculture and um that was really excessive because it began in the week leading up to the winter solstice and then continued for a full month and um saturnalia was uh uh, again, similarly, just very debaucherous with regards to excesses of food and drink. And also, interestingly enough, and I, I really should do more research into this, but apparently the normal Roman social order was turned upside down, which meant that for a month, slaves would become masters, in in a sense, and peasants were in command of the cities. Um, business and schools were closed so that everyone could join in. Um, and as far as I understand, what that meant was that... Um, peasants and slaves could turn up at wealthy people's houses and um basically they would be taken care of their their festivities would be taken care of by the wealthy and it was seen as a way of like maintaining the social balance to a degree because the wealthy saw it as like their penance or their tribute for basically their exploitation (laughs) um because they they yeah they they allowed themselves to or they made themselves wait on the on the, on the poor basically hmm. during the month of christmas so the notion of like giving and of charity inherent to christmas that became more popular with like dickens for instance and the the theme of santa claus as well um was also something that existed pre 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 big jc um and and when when christmas eventually did become kind of christian that that was initially um, kind of just co-opted by the church, pretty much, as far as I can tell, because um, the church were just looking for <laughs> essentially more opportunities to spread their message, right, and to kind of make these like ritualistic traditions. And um, one of the notable <laughs> things is that the there is um, uh, 
no real evidence for when Jesus was born, and some evidence would suggest that um, um, it probably would have occurred maybe in the springtime, which is why shepherds would have been herding. Um, mm. And and so it's commonly believed that the church chose this day in an effort to a absorb all of these like pagan festivals, particularly Saturnalia, but also then to kind of like create this absolute thing of like actually this is our legitimate time, not yours. Um, but all of you debauched people can just come and do all of that here, basically. Mm. So um, yeah, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of pre-existing rituals were just absorbed, and then it seems like the date was chosen fairly arbitrarily of December twenty-fifth by Pope Julius the first, and um, the first when date was about? adopted was the first was the was. Um, it was called the Feast of the Nativity, and it was first, I think, in four, 432 um, BC. No, no, AD. That, that AD. doesn't make it. Yeah, a, a AD, very AD. I tripped out for a second. <laughs> I, no, I didn't think it was in, in, in BC. I just thought for a second BC meant after, after Jesus, uh, which obviously it doesn't. Um, um, yeah, BC stands for but Buddy Christ because he's been around and he's your buddy. <laughs> Do you ever um, think it's kind of wild that like you have BC, which is before Christ, and that's in English, and then AD, which is Anno Domini, which means the year of our Lord, but that's in Latin. And like, why the lack of consistency is what I'm wondering. <laughs> Keep poking holes, Adam. You're gonna unplug some serious conspiracy. <laughs> Wait, can you not also say after Christ? Yeah, I thought it was. I to well, be no, honest, well, I rationalized it in my head as after death. <laughs> but that means there would be which, a, like a thirty-three year period in yeah, which we just have like like WC with Christ, <laughs> like, and that's a non-starter. <laughs> nice. Mm. Yeah. Well. Anyways, um, this obviously this festival developed, but had, to be honest, little to do with um, the sense of giving and the notion of sort of um, going to church and stuff. It continued to be, it's, it was like more carnival-like, more like Mardi Gras. And mm. um, even in the Middle Ages, in medieval Europe, um, a, each year a beggar or a student would be crowned the Lord of Misrule. Um, and eager celebrants played the part of his subjects. And then again, the poor would go to the houses of the rich and demand their best food and drink. And, um, and so, yeah, this, this notion of like the upper classes repaying their debt to society by entertaining the less fortunate continued to evolve. And, um, meanwhile, though, in, in America, there was none of that because some of the earliest uh, settlers, the pilgrims, were Puritans and they considered this kind of debaucherous holiday as very, very decadent and um, sort of, sort of um, very unchristian, you know, and unreligious. So Christianity was illegal until 1681 or uh, Christmas, sorry, was illegal until 1681. I was outlawed in Boston. And um, anyone exhibiting the Christmas spirit could be fined five <laughs> shillings, which is um, wow. Which is I don't crazy. know if I can quantify know, the Christmas spirit. Determining that. Yeah. Also, I sorry, we kind of glossed over this, but the title of Lord of Misrule is incredible. <laughs> like, yeah. I am looking for where is my opportunity to be declared the Lord well, of Misrule? Well, apparently every year. 
every year there's one, either a beggar or a student, uh, which, you know, in our day and age, very similar ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, so you're definitely eligible, Adam. <laughs> I'm no longer a student, but I suppose yeah. beggar is my new status in that state. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so, sorry. Yeah, Christmas was, yeah, not pretty much non-existent in early America and was only declared a federal holiday in 1870. Um, and it wasn't apparently basically until kind of Washington Irving um, wrote a story which kind of um, basically described that relationship that I was talking about between the wealthy and the poor in medieval Europe of um, the, the, the uh, well, the Lord of, the Mis- of Misrule. Right. Um, and a, a wealthy squire inviting peasants into his home for the holiday, because in his mind, Christmas was about a peaceful bringing together of people and, you know, bridging of wealth and social gaps and et cetera, et cetera. And so this popularized it. Um, and also within that was brought in the idea of Father Christmas. And simultaneously to that, on the other side of the pond, there was the very famous A Christmas Carol which helped popularize a contemporary notion of Christmas as a time of gift giving and getting together um, in a less debaucherous sense, um, which I believe, Adam, you have some thoughts on. You actually quoted it at the beginning of the episode. I did. I did. Um, I, I, I have a little, I have some things to say about a Christmas carol. Um, I, my, my part of the episode was going to be about that. I didn't like read it this year. I've read it before, <laughs> but you know how it is. Got very busy. Um, but I will give you the, the spark notes, literally the spark notes are open on my computer in front of me. Um, <laughs> but basically, you didn't, you didn't need to say that. <laughs> well, I'll give okay, you the, the spark honest. version of the spark notes. I know. And I want the record to show that I'm holding a whiskey as I, as I say this, uh, you got this guy, right? Ebenezer Scrooge. And he's like a real miser. In fact, he was on the Forbes rich list of like richest fictional characters, um, estimated worth in today's uh, money of eight billion. Um, what? And That's he's... totally, totally make up that figure. How the fuck could they determine that Ebenezer Scrooge is worth eight billion? What does that even <laughs> as, mean? <laughs> as a brief aside, do you want to know who the, uh, the the top of the Forbes richest fictional character list is? Is it is it one of the Duck family? Yeah, Donald Duck. It right? is one of the Duck family. It's Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. yeah. And I nice. believe um I believe Iron Man came out ahead of Batman, but that's besides the point. Um. Yeah, so he's like a real miser, right? He's like not giving. He, as far as I can tell, he's got one employee, which is maybe why he's worth eight billion. Uh, he sacked the rest, uh, and he won't Perfect give him capitalism. Won't give him any time off for Christmas. Um, won't doesn't pay him a fair wage, and he's like, ah, oh, but at least I'm I'm rich. And um, anyway, he goes to bed Christmas Eve, and uh, he's visited by three ghosts who basically say, "Look, Scrooge." Um, gotta gotta sort yourself out, or uh, or, or things are going to go bad for you, right? And he wakes up and he goes, "You're right. What a what a rotter I am!" And um, he he celebrate. He gives uh, Bob Bob Cratchit, his employee, a a turkey, and um, is good for the rest of his days. Apparently, at least at, at least until the end of the story, which does end on Christmas Day. Um, but I went around looking and I got some some lessons from a Christmas Carol, um, and I got none of your own. 
None of my own. Five. I, I googled lessons from a Christmas carol. And the first <laughs> Again, the, was, don't always show your workings. <laughs> listen. Fuck's sake. I'm pulling back the kimono. <laughs> Nothing is hidden from our listeners. This comes from Fox News, um, which that you know that most reputable of sources. Weirdly sweet, right? And I want to see if you you agree with these. Um, five lessons from a Christmas carol. One, learning begins with listening. Right? Initially, Scrooge, he wants nothing to do with the spirits. But then he listens after he realises that they are there for him. Two. Bitterness will poison you. Um, yeah. That's kind, of, that's, kind of, that's kind of it, really. It's, it's not a good look. I agree with that. Three. There is joy in starting over. Um... On Christmas morning, he's just reading the fucking like what are those like the the Chinese like fortune cookies? I like these. No, That's I'm turning a much longer article into a fortune cookie. Is what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, okay, go on. Sorry, what was the third one? There's I joy in starting over. Mm. So, mm. on when he wakes up in the morning after he's had this trip of a time with these ghosts, Scrooge says, "I'm quite a baby." Never mind, I don't care. I'd rather be a baby. And I'm not sure if he mean what if he's like just totally lost his mind and he actually thinks he is a baby, or whether it's like a metaphor for him being reborn. It's probably that, really, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, probably. So. Probably. Oh. I don't think he's actually a baby, no. Yeah, that would be that would be a weird twist. <laughs> what kind of cat guess? <laughs> Is he also just like, I don't know, um, maybe petulant or something, like a baby or something? Or is he, I don't know. A baby's petulant? I feel like you need a little or bit like more self-awareness than a baby like, to be petulant. No, maybe not petulant. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Like, um, um, it's definitely a word you learned earlier today. Inca- <laughs> incapable of um, cleaning up after himself. Yeah, that's what um, Yes, yeah. Yeah. Number four, we must be present to win. <laughs> What does that mean? To win. Uh, yeah, to win. Well, he says, you know, it says on Christmas morn, one of the first thing that Scrooge does is fling open his window. He moves from the self to the world at large. He notices life around him instead of only himself. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness. Mindfulness being in the world. Um, I think Scrooge has been listening to season two of An Unqualified Guide to the Good Life. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then number five, we need to live with the end in mind, which is, um, he's basically saying memento mori, right? Gonna die. Right. Can't take it with you. Can't take it with you. Money, that is. So, yeah. um, He's also spend visited it. by the ghost of Christmas future who, who shows him his bleak, bleak outlook on life for things as they stand, you know? Yeah, exactly. So he knows what's up if he doesn't sort himself out. Yeah. No, which is, enough. must be very harrowing. Yeah, um, so so don't be bitter, remain mindful, remember you're going to die and act accordingly. Um, and what were the first two? Uh, bitterness will poison you and learning begins with listening. Learning begins with listening. So what was the third one? There was one more that was missing. There is joy in starting over. There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you for your thorough analysis of the Christmas Carol. I, I also got, I, and I don't think we need to share these, but I do want to share that it exists uh, because entrepreneur.com um, also posted an article called Five Business Lessons from a Christmas Carol. 
and which is like perhaps the award for the greatest misinterpretation of a story of all time. <laughs> it's not like like who is How reading can you this make book? More money. <laughs> yeah, who's reading this book and going, look at this successful businessman? Let yeah. me put this book about like, him on the shelf next pre, to Steve Jobs. Pre enlightenment, pre like nice man Scrooge. He's like, wow, this guy, he's an amazing businessman. (laughs) He understands how to turn a profit. (laughs) And just taking notes, no day off for Christmas. (laughs) Um, Brilliant. Okay, well, that's great. And that that fits nicely within the story of Christmas. And actually... um, the story, I mean, struck a chord with regards to charity and goodwill, and also because it was, um, uh, you know, geared towards a child, right? Um, and 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 that and that makes a difference because um, at, it was also at this time that, for other reasons as well, um, families were becoming somewhat less disciplined and slightly more sensitive to the emotional needs of children, right? And so. Christmas provided families with a day or an opportunity when they could actually lavish attention and gifts on their often neglected children without appearing to spoil them, right? So it was like once a year, if you've been good, you'll have a great fucking day. The rest of the time, shut the fuck up or I'll beat you, you know? Um, so so things were getting better for children especially. And... Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, that kind of was part of that. And obviously, A Christmas Carol struck a chord for that reason. And on both sides of the pond, um, alongside the Washington Irving story as well. Um, and the other side... Um, um, and then obviously, the kind of more sort of commercialized side, shall we say, of Christmas as a, as a um, an opportunity to, um, you know sell as much as you can basically and um you know to to live christmas less in a debauched sense but more in a sense of you know consumption of perhaps gifts and things like that and of this lavishing and decorations and traditions um beyond the you know the kind of more paganist rituals of eating drinking um reproducing and singing um was uh, obviously an american american idea <laughs> um, and that's and that's kind of where where it started to grow, and mm. um, Santa Claus did eventually make his way to America, and that's really where he was popularized. But that legend can be traced back to a monk named Saint Nicholas, who was born in Turkey in in two hundred and eighty after 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 death. So you know, <laughs> cool, two hundred and fifty seven cool. after W C. And gotcha. um, uh, yeah, St. Nicholas basically gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled the countryside helping the poor and sick. And he became known as the protector of children, presumably because of the work he was doing, and sailors, presumably because he was always floating around. And, patron um, saint of prostitutes, too. Sorry? He's the patron, patron saint of post- prostitutes, yeah. Right, didn't know that. Wait, yeah, there you go. Visit prostitutes? What? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 yeah, but in like a kind of guardianship way, he like look at looked after them. He's the patron oh, saint. Oh, he looked after prostitutes. prostitutes. That's interesting. Really? Hmm. Yeah, he took it. Well, he took care of the of the, um, yeah, the the the, <laughs> the, the sick and the, the margin. 
The sick and the marginalized. No, he's not. Okay. Not in the next Jesus Christ. Oh, not in that one. Yeah, so. Not in that one. More like a, okay. Like he took care of it. <laughs> Supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. But oh. um, and th- anyway, that was the tradition. And, um, and also there were... Um, you know, and, and then St. Nicholas first entered American popular culture in the late 18th century in New York when Dutch families gathered to honor the anniversary of the death of St. Nicholas, um, or Sinterklaas for short. And, um, and so Sinterklaas very comfortably became Santa Claus. And then in 1822, an Episcopal minister, Clement Clark Moore, wrote a Christian poem, a Christmas poem, sorry, called An Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas. And, um, I'm sure you will recognize it even if I just read you the first few lines. Um, but it goes, "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse." Um, and basically, no, I've never heard this before. Please, please go on. <laughs> I can read the whole poem if you want me to. Um, but no, basically, yeah, it's just you know the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that Saint Nicholas I didn't, soon would be there. You didn't actually have to go through. We've all we've yeah. All I'm just picking some iconic lines. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dasher, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. Yeah, down the chimney Saint Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. It does sound blah, like blah, a pimp. Blah, blah blah blah. Sorry. Dressed, like in, dressed all in fur. Definitely a pimp. Well, yeah, so <laughs> he basically, this poem basically popularized or created an image of St. Nicholas um, that was more American than anything else. And then a another New Yorker, um, a cartoonist, um, Thomas Nast, 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 probably, um, basically... Um, like drew out the first the first visual image of Saint Nicholas based off of um, based off of uh, uh, this 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 poem um, by by Clement Clark Moore. So yeah, so so the, the notion of Father Christmas or of Santa Claus or of Saint Nicholas really comes from um, this uh, this this initially this this Turkish monk which eventually became a Dutch tradition and that the Dutch continued to celebrate when the, they had emigrated to Amer- the Americas and that became uh, popularized in, in America with certain writers and artists in the 19th century. And from there, this kind of like gift giving lavished on children became a thing after yeah, the Washington Irving and uh, Dickens of um, the first half of that century also kind of helped to popularize the idea of Christmas as an opportunity for kindness and thoughtfulness and reflection and charitable sentiment. Yeah. Very nice. Lovely. So, so it's a, what you're saying is there's a long tradition of Christmas that uh, is evolved over time, stolen from, borrowed from other traditions and eventually resulting in, in what we have yeah. now. Um, yeah, exactly. From the, from the Norse, to the Germans and the Romans, to the medieval Christians, and you know things continue to be bothered from borrowed from all over the place. And um, yeah, there are a huge amount of Christmas traditions um, pertaining to a lot of iconic aspects of Christmas. Father Christmas seems to be the most obvious one in that it's the one which, although shares in some of the sentiments of Christmas, actually has nothing to do with a Christian tale. 
So, um, well, and maybe well, I mean, um, you know, no, go ahead. Well, I mean, it's a, you know, he's the Saint Nicholas, the original Saint Nicholas is, is a monk, um, and, and, um, did engage in charitable actions that were in line with Christian ideal ideals, but he's not necessarily a, um, a Christian figure like that in a sense, you know? Um, and even like in the kind of like Dutch or Austrian traditions where St. Nicholas really evolved and a, a really an, um, theories developed around him, those were maybe like the incorporation of pagan or, or non-Christian ideals and holidays for specific groups of the population, right? So they first had to travel to America and become Santa Claus before it really became widespread in Europe as well. That's uh, fascinating. And of course, there is a, an ancient uh, tradition which has been uh, revived this year um, because uh, Oliver Cromwell, uh, upon um, you, you know leading his revolution in England, made Christmas illegal, which uh, the current Prime Minister Boris Johnson has also done. <laughs> so lots of lots of history involved in this year's Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's not without precedent um mm. to move on so I have, I have loads, of, loads of thoughts about um specific uh, fun facts and aspects of christmas but um i believe zach you have some thoughts on um well some aspects of christmas music certainly yeah and um and i actually don't know what else beyond that yeah i mean um, um yeah i mean christmas music um is not actually it, in a sense, is not super fascinating, but let um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach Zach Wolf, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. But I, I kind of just wanted to start with like, well, I, I don't know. What, what's your favorite Christmas song, um, each of you? Uh, I mean, mine without question uh, is "Fairy Tale of New York" by the Pokes. It's uh, mm. it's uh, it's up there with my favorite songs. Oh, really? I think it's a it's a beautiful. I don't right. actually yeah, know. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's the one that goes, they got cars, because by rivers of gold, and the wind goes right. It's that one. It's that one. <laughs> What's um, yours, Nick? Silent Night. Like the, the, the church version? Because that's, like that's, a, that's a religious song. That's a carol, no? It's a fair, it's a fair religion. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess in a more commercial sense, maybe, I don't know what the name of the song, well, I guess... Is it on the first day of Christmas? Like, on the first day of oh, Christmas, my, my true love is to me. me. One, yeah. another, two, another, three. And there's a partridge in a pear tree. Five gold rings, four falling by three. Yeah, I just think just like... And a partridge in a pear tree. That melody is so like, is like, for me, it's like, that's the Christmas song for me, you know. It just evokes, it just evokes Christmas like nothing else does for me. Right, right. So I, I went about just catchy. finding some more unpopular, just suggestions um, that uh, <laughs> okay. I think because I, I, I realized also that uh, looking up Christmas songs that I mean, every artist under the sun has made a Christmas song, it seems. Uh, there's just right, like, everybody, right. even people I didn't expect, like um, the Ramones have a Christmas song. Okay. They're like a <laughs> punk band. The Ramones have a Christmas song, and I mean, it seems like all these. It, when you look at it, it seems like all these songs were ideas by some like label head who was just like, "Yo, let's make a bit of money. Just try it. You know, why not just mm. try and mm. make a Christmas song?" I guess because if it's a hit, it's played every year religiously, exactly. right? So like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. some people's money sort of is based off Christmas, right? Yeah, only a few sort of 
make it to that sort of uh, legendary status Christmas song. I mean, that's also something we can mm. explore very briefly why those ones have made it there. But, so yeah, right. that was the, right. the anyway. There was the Ramones, which was a um, an interesting one, and I kind of found. Um, so I, I just made a, just a quick list of my three favorite Christmas songs, which is This Christmas by Donny Hathaway, which is quite funky mm. for a Christmas song, kind of Motown vibes. Uh, Horchata by Vampire Weekend, which isn't explicitly a Christmas song, but... How does that go? In December, drinking Horchata. But, uh, yeah. And, oh, then, <laughs> and then Christmas Time is Here by the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Now, that's a pretty legendary album. I don't know if you've heard of that album, the Charlie Brown Christmas Special album. Have you... No, I have not. Uh, I've, I've heard of it. I've, I've wouldn't recall it off the top of the head, but I've certainly heard those words in a sentence before. <laughs> okay, yeah, but I think they they did. So this this jazz player Vince Guaraldi was asked to do a jazz uh, album for a Charlie Brown Christmas special, and that album has like now become sort of um, like a staple of Christmas for many Americans. Um, yeah, mm. I mean, it's a great album and i also realized during my research that uh a lot of the christmas songs uh just in their themes actually don't really talk about christmas but really kind of talk about love and that's their way to that's their sort of in so there's like you know all i want for christmas is you uh there's a justin bieber song called under the mistletoe which is fantastic. <laughs> but, I mean, in a sense, origi- originally uh, these so Christmas bad. songs were, like the traditional Christmas songs were like the standards, like A White Christmas, Silent Night, are all just kind of talking about the, the overall themes of Christmas, like gift-giving, and kind of paint the picture of all these, you know, the, the Christmas tree, jingle bells, and all that, which don't really, mm, mm. which signify a lot of things, but um, don't really mean anything outside of i mean yeah they're sort of empty in a sense or yeah and uh yeah so i I found that interesting that most most songs are just also the other one which is quite a controversial one uh baby it's cold outside i don't know if you heard of that one Mm. Uh, which is basically I, I probably have heard the majority of these songs i just don't know them by name you know it's the one that goes um uh Baby, it's cold outside. Yes. You know that one? <laughs> and the girl, yeah, I do, I and do. the girl in the song is like, uh, I really have to go. And the guy's like, but baby, it's cold. Just stay here with, stay, in, stay, stay inside. I've locked the door. Quite sinister, where, actually. Where are you going? There's nowhere to go, babe. This is a lonely house in the middle of the woods. Where are you going to go? That's kind of the vibe That's, of that no. song. <laughs> baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, there's no cabs at this time of the night. Where are you gonna go? Uh, yeah, it's essentially the vibe of that song. Baby, we have locked the doors. Okay, yeah. uh, cool. Six, six, six. So, uh, yeah, and I just also sinister, sinister. Uh, briefly wanted to talk about. I mean, it might be of interest to some people that there's. I think Vox explained in a video about this, which is kind of cool. But it's true that like christmas uh music and this goes back to maybe some one of the reasons why the ones that we think are so popular are so popular because there's i mean as Mm. i said there's countless christmas songs and uh, even this year there's been like 20 new christmas songs by big artists that just kind of go under the radar um uh, but i think one one of the reasons christmas song might be successful is that it sort of harks back to the traditional 
chords of Christmas songs that were popularized mm. in the mm. early in the 30s and like the original Christmas songs. Um, and and those chords are kind of based on like jazz harmony. And so actually, in a sense, that makes Christmas songs kind of nice musically because they're a bit more interesting than your average pop song because there's always some interesting mm-hmm. chords in there. Um, okay. And you'll see this in, in loads of pops. I mean, Katy Perry has a song which has this. And I'll kind of demonstrate what that kind of sounds like. Yeah, please do. If you, if you, Ooh, if you yeah. wouldn't mind. Ooh. I hope you Yeah, for sure. Hear That's Ooh, exciting. Please, That's holding a ukulele. Okay. This is new. Uncharted territory for us, Adam. But yeah, I mean, this, this is sort of the Christmas sound in a sense, um, mm-hmm. which is this very mm-hmm. popular. You've heard this in other, other songs, but it's really used like Christmas, in Christmas songs, so I'll just play it. sort of in essence make you feel quite Christmassy. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah, a, a big yeah. part of that, if we want to get just just really briefly theory into it, very briefly, because it might not interest yeah. a lot of people. Uh, but it's just it's just this very simple sound of a so you know you've got your you got seven chords in a scale for uh, uh, sorry yeah seven chords in a scale for each uh, note. So the seven notes in a scale, eight in total if you go back to the original note. Uh, you know, like, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right? Yeah. And when you go from the first chord to the fourth chord, a lot of songs are based on that. And in these sort of Christmas songs, there's always, seems to always be the use of this minor fourth chord instead of, you go... And that's kind of the Christmas mm. sound. Ah. You just you make that fourth chord a minor chord, which gives it there's sort of this melancholy to it. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. Wait, so when you say the fourth chord, you mean like the fourth chord variation on a specific note, or you mean like the fourth note from that first note? So what I mean, just like for, you play. So sorry, so, so for for non music musicians. Uh, so as I said, there's there's seven notes in the scale. You know, uh, and for each note, there's a chord. So if I, you know, uh, the notes in the scale of C, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, and for each of those notes, there'll be a, a chord. So C major, D minor, E minor, F major, G major, A minor, B diminished, C. So. You know, chord one being C, chord two D, chord three E, chord four F, chord five G, mm-hmm. chord six A, mm-hmm. chord seven B. And so usually chord four is major. I mean, I'm not going to get into how those chords are built up of the notes. They're built up of all the notes in the scale. But yeah. usually chord four, which is F and C, that chord mm. is made minor. Mm. And that's very Christmassy. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Nice. Well, that was lovely. Thank you so much, Zach. That was very very interesting. I hope you learned very something about Christmas music, yeah. <laughs> we did, I yeah, yeah. certainly did. I, I certainly did. How to manufacture a hit. We got this, boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what we are saying is we can be rich today. very, very quickly. If we, yeah. if we just I don't think anyone else is thinking about minor. No one else has thought about this, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fresh. <laughs> you got to get to it before other people do, Zach. 
Um, sick. Okay. And actually, to um, to give far more general and less impressive uh, context to that, um, I will just briefly say that um, carols were also sung during the solstice um, uh, celebrations, right? As people, for instance, in on you know at Stonehenge, right, which is specifically about um, the solstice. Right, because I think I think the highest mm. point of salt of um, Stonehenge marks the point at which the sun arrives in the sky at a certain time and whatever, whatever. Right, so um, the end. The word carol actually means dance or a song of praise and joy, um, and so mm. was was an is is an old pagan word, um, and and carols used to be written and sung during all four seasons, but only the tradition of singing them at Christmas has really survived. By being co-opted by the Christian religion. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so it's originally a, a, a pagan thing. Christmas yeah, but caroling. so Christmas carols were singing at the time of the solstice because singing at the time right. of festivals is quite common. And what's more, <clears> singing <throat> at almost all occasions and having carols. So for yeah. what we would think of as Easter or you know Ascension and this and that w- would is more in line actually with the pagan traditions that predate Christianity. We have drastically reduced the amount of rituals that involve carols and singing compared to there, uh, our European forebears. Hmm, there remains a tradition of that here in Oxford on May, on May 1st. Mm. Um, in, in, on May 1st in Oxford, it didn't happen this year because of, uh, because of COVID, but um, traditionally it's the one day a year where the clubs are open until five instead of three, which tells you what kind of place it is. Uh, and then after that, you traditionally go to Magdalen College Bridge, and the the choir sings from the from the church towers of Magdalen College about you know May Day or or the you know, spring and summer and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's quite a nice tradition, apparently. Hmm. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, and well, you would trust a place like that to keep some traditions. But it's interesting <laughs> because well, so, I mean, that, that's why it's. Yeah. No, that's why it's Magdalen College, even though it's spelled Magdalen College, because right. the tradition of pronunciation far predates the spelling. <laughs> like, yeah. But you're saying Zach? No, I'm just saying that pop- popular music is sort of an extension of of, of that, in a sense, no? Of, uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, singing, now we now, uh, now have Christmas like, music. Yeah, like pop culture, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I mean, you know, everybody. If you start playing, all I want. For Christmas is you. I mean, everybody will start singing essentially, and for sure, sort of for, sure for sure, yeah. No singing, experience. singing, and music is a great way to reinforce ritual. Mm, right. Mm. Um, I had a doctor. Well, I my doctor why, told me that you know that, um, that's why soldiers sing. You know, my there's like you know health reasons that people almost you know that that religion involves singing because it's just so many aspects of that are good for you. Um, Right, like mm. just health-wise of singing, being in harmony. I mean, then there's also you get to harmony of it, being in harmony with other people, singing the same notes, resonance, mm. Mm. and that's like a for sure, a for huge sure. It's health. A sense of it's a, a sense it's of... a very good healthy thing, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And yeah, I think I think it definitely does um, really serve as a catalyst to drawing people together like that. You know, beyond food and alcohol. Um, yeah. yeah. Which are also pretty potent in that respect, and um, yeah, I, I saw a door-to-door car- carolers um, last week really? for the first time in, in, in probably twenty years. That's yeah, crazy. it's uh, at a time well, like this. It's quite nice. <laughs> I know, I know. It did not seem very COVID secure, but 
they um it was it was pleasant they you know i think yeah. i heard uh hark the herald angels sing coming from down the street or something yeah. like that yeah yeah well, that's, um, that's quite nice quite Maybe surreal actually at, especially yeah. this year yeah yeah um, yeah for sure um well, I I personally have one more thought on um, Christmas. There are so many things that we can say about it. There are so many traditions, you know, um, from all of the things that we eat and drink and how it relates to other festivals and other traditions, Christmas crackers, eggnogs, Christmas cards, Christmas stories, candy canes, Boxing Day, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not going to do all of that. Um, I will talk about one other thing, which is briefly Christmas trees. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say that um, that pr- even in Egypt and Northern Europe, again, before, um, <laughs> before, before C, before Christ, um, the, the inhabitants would celebrate the winter solstice by decorating their homes with green palm fronds and evergreen boughs to breathe life into the shortest, darkest day of the year, basically, right? Um, However, the first Christmas trees were brought indoors by 16th century German Christians. And um, Martin Luther, basically the founder of the Protestant church, is accredited with placing the first burning candles in a Christmas tree to mimic the sparkling stars, right? Um, So (laughs) something that felt, at least certainly at the time, um, infinite and immortal, you know, and that that, again, to your quote that we started the episode with, the sense of like continuity and extension of life and um, of, yeah, evergreens, even in that name, you know, the sense of like that, that life never fully stops even on the coldest, darkest day of the year and that, that that darkest day of the year only means that things get brighter and lighter from there on out. And so the mm. Christmas trees were a symbol of that even in um, Puritan religions before we had um, before we had Christianity. And I think probably it wasn't really co-opted in, into, or, you know, adopted by Christianity as it was so much just carried on from paganism in that sense. Yeah. And then I guess commercialized eventually mm. by the Americans. Um, although, yeah, the Puritan Americans in the early, in the early um, American colonial project um, didn't really, um, they railed against it because of its paganism, because of its pagan traditions. So Christmas trees mm. in ho- U.S. homes didn't really start until the 1900s. Interesting. That's very interesting to know. I believe it was popularized in Britain by uh, Prince Albert. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Didn't know. Did not know that. Because it was bigger in Germany before it was, you know, big bigger in other parts of the world. Um, which makes sense, given that, as you say, it was a, perhaps a Germanic tradition. tradition. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Well. Fair enough. Does that's, anyone that's have any uh, yeah, thoughts well, on Christmas? Well, I have a couple. Well, yeah, I have a couple. Well, I, I was thinking, like, I'm I'm pretty... My, my, my family does Christmas, and we kind of sometimes. But I'm mostly... I usually hate this time of year for some reason. Um, I don't know why. I don't know. I find it gloomy for some reason. And I think a lot of people feel like <laughs> that. I don't know. Yeah. There's something gloomy about it's. It's also lovely, and I, I know a lot of people love it. But there's something I find gloomy about it. So I was interested to see alternatives to Christmas, or what you know some anti-Christmasers okay. do. So I discovered there's the Newton miss, 
so apparently Newton was <laughs> Isaac Isaac Newton was born on the fourth of January. <laughs> Uh, so, but sometimes they'll start the celebrations around the Christmas time just to kind of be, you know, anti-establishment and that. Um, and, um, <laughs> it's to celebrate the birth of Isaac Newton, you know, someone who brought a lot of light into the world. But so, and, are they, is that celebrated at the beginning of January? Well, that's why I said it's sort of celebrated around Christmas time, sort of, by people who are anti we want to celebrate something oppositional to that. That's hilarious. And, you know, or... That's, that's cool. And, Science uh, and the rational mind. <laughs> Science, bro. <laughs> and one of the things they do is they give apples to each other, which is pretty cute. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's a great tradition. And some people jump off of buildings, you know, just to prove gravity. So <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Well... I knew this was coming with Zach on the podcast. So. Oh, actually, other thing. I, I, well, in preparation for this, well, when you called me, I said that I said some stupid fact about suicides go up at Christmas. And Cheeky fun fact. Because I had heard that when I was, I don't know, when I was young. That's the kind of family that I heard that when I was younger, <laughs> that people are more. Can I, mean, I have a Christmas gift? Most people yeah. kill themselves at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's my kind of Christmas vibe. My dad was like, yo, man, don't be happy, man. People kill themselves around this time of year, man. <laughs> but there is some truth to that in the sense that, you know, if you, like, let's say you're a 40-year-old, you know, you don't have a wife or kids. You see all these other people with wife God. and kids and grandmothers and having a family time and you're just at home with your fucking beer, you know, that's pretty dark. But suicide rates actually... Cheers. <laughs> suicide rates actually don't go up actually it's a myth sorry i just wanted to debunk that so that's a myth oh. okay okay oh, cool for for the two of that us publicly <laughs> 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 thank you no that's good to know so christmas time generally not more or in fact less suicidal than other times of the year <laughs> no the actually less, rate, a bit much less actually the same. it drops oh, it drops a less. bit actually it drops a it bit. does yeah. in fact drop i uh, see see i was waiting for the silver lining in your story i was waiting for you to light in the turn there it is there it is but that there you could argue that that's just because people are around their family and stuff so they think it's a bad time and then they could do it just right after you know? yeah 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 <laughs> the, yeah <laughs> So, so <laughs> all you're saying is that people actually probably will just kill themselves just a couple months later. Yeah, in the new year. In the new year. <laughs> Something to look forward okay, to. Okay, cool. so now, now we've gone too far. Um, Have we though? But um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Like, do you have any any further thoughts no, on um, Christmas sec, Chris, suicide related, or no? Otherwise? That's it. That's it. That's um, no, no. Um, well, obviously, you know all, all that. All that. Uh, t- you know, we we say lightheartedly and jokingly, but um, of course, particularly this year, it is it is you know, and we and we refer to that Christmas has been cancelled in many places and many of the traditions yeah. that people value from Christmas, even if they don't necessarily involve a religious tradition, can be you know just the, the opportunity to make merry to let your hair down and things like that, um, which you know people people have kind of lost out on a fair bit, unfortunately, because of this year, and I think we've all been compromised by that as well. So. Um, for sure, we um, we 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 definitely understand that, and and um, our our hearts go out to to or you know, certainly my mind does to um, everyone who's having a hard time this Christmas. Um, but uh, I will I will have a drink in 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 thought of uh, everyone who's uh, who's going through it this year, and hopefully hopefully things will be better next year. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. 
Indeed. Here, here. Yeah, yeah. The, the darkest day before, before, before the light starts staying for longer. You know. That's um, true. Yeah, yeah. That's and on that note, on that note, um, should we, should we, um, palate cleanse? Should we? Yeah, move let's do it. The theme of progress. Cleanse our palates. Oh, did we not Christmas? Have fun yeah. Facts? We're not doing fun yeah, facts. Yeah, this is the, the palate, yeah, palate, yeah. palate cleanser is the fun, is fact, the fun fact. Oh, but it's not Christmas related. No, oh, you can, you could do it Christmas related. Mine is semi Christmas related. Oh, okay. Mine is semi Christmas related. Yeah. Um, and uh, Adam, do you want to kick us off? Sure. I mine is actually. I, I thought you were going to reveal it when you were talking about Yule because mine is Yule related. Oh, is it the um, Yule bug? No, 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 no. This is Go so. On. This is a, one of the things that happens at Yule, or one of the things that Yule is about. According to Celtic legend. Yule represents the battle between the Oak King and the Holly King. The Oak King stands for the light of the year, while the Holly King symbolizes darkness. Wiccan rituals usually include a reenactment of this battle. Wow. So it's a tree fight. It's a tree fight. Because, like, from what I understand is that, like, uh, yeah, the Oak King sort of rules from winter solstice to summer solstice and holly king from summer solstice to winter solstice and so they have these battles where they sort of change change places change for the throne uh, each time mm-hmm. this today the 21st of december marks the uh, ascendancy of the oak king and if we were wiccan we would be reenacting that right now <laughs> if yeah. we were what sorry wiccan if we were wiccan what does that mean Wiccan, yeah, it's like it's that's like a neo-pagan religion. It's like witch, kind of witchcraft, I guess. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's the oak and the and the what the the word the holly 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 king. I, yeah. I don't know what the oak is. I don't know what the holly tree is. Holly is like a, the winter bush, you know, the prickly winter bush. Okay. Hmm. It's like a spiky leaves, they're quite hard, quite shiny, you know? Right. That makes me think of Lord of the Rings for some reason. You know the trees that fight? <laughs> yeah, me too. All these... Th- <laughs> the Wiccan. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's my fact. Nice. Sick. Thank you. Well, um, I will... I will <laughs> I'm debating whether we're going to need a palate cleanser after whatever Zach says. <laughs> I'll just take the risk and let him conclude. I'll take the risk and... Uh, and um, let him conclude also because my fun fact relates sort of to yours, Adam, which is, um, somewhat ambiguous, actually, I think, but, um, from, from what I've been able to look up, trees almost never or very rarely die of old age. And, mm. um, there, there is a little bit of ambiguity as to whether trees are biologically immortal. In the sense that if trees never experienced any adverse conditions, whether they could just grow basically infinitely, right? Um, and, and, you know, without their systems just shutting down sort of, uh, inherently. And, and primarily, um, trees die because of adverse environments, such as under or overwatering or poorly draining soils, um, from harmful insects or diseases with it, which interfere with the, their ability to make food or circulate food, water and nutrients to the entire body of the tree. Um, catastrophic events such as fires or hurricanes, human intervention. Um, and, and, and then, yeah, fi- finally just wear and tear, which, which would be the old age notion, but that happens sub- significantly less so than, um, than than any of the others so not only do they rarely get the opportunity to die from old age but um they're incredibly resilient 
when they have the conditions to continue to survive. You know, certain trees are, are you know, like 5,000 years old. So, um, yeah, trees, pretty much immortal. That's my fun fact. That's that's baller. That's really <laughs> cool. Yeah. I also remember you said you were going to start the next season with trees. So we're get, getting in early with yeah. trees. Yeah. On the You're planting your roots. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. this guy right here mc mc What's killer <laughs> i think i'm also just a bit tipsy because i've been drinking quite a lot since we started yeah yeah see, notice how an hour ago at the start of this episode he was like i haven't had anything to drink now he's nearly done with a <laughs> bottle of prosecco zach caris caris home what what uh fun fact palate cleanser do you have for us yes um well, I can do something kind of. Un- I mean, I'll try to let you guys choose. So I have a funny, like, I have a funny, like, sort of Japanese <laughs> Christmas ritual, <laughs> or I have a really dark slash funny hobo story from Christmas time that I encountered oh, myself. Jesus! So I'll let you guys <laughs> okay, well, choose, you can... or we can do both. It's you as can you wish. S- you can start with the dark one and then palette cleanse. Okay, the Japanese yeah, do that. Dark yeah. one. We now need go. to hear both because you've teased it. Dark one. So, uh, when I was in New York, when I was studying, um, I had to do, for a journalism class, I had to do, like, an interview, and I decided I would interview a, a, a homeless person, uh, and so I went out around uh, Union Square, which is quite a busy place, and the day I did it was actually this day in the U.S. where they where people in the sh- dress up as Santa Claus for some reason, and it's kind of funny because you see all these guys, all these, like, white guys who are drunk as fuck just beating the shit out of each other dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. You literally see that. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I was going about the street and I found I've this heard about this, like guy. where people dress up as Santa and they just misbehave. Yes. Yeah, they just get drunk. Yeah. I mean, they wake up mad early, get dressed up as Santa Claus and just get drunk. It's pretty lit. That's crazy. Huh. I wish we'd do that here. Cool. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen a Santa walk in London. I've seen people walk as, as Santa, but I've never seen yeah. anyone... Get raucously drunk and fight each other. <laughs> Carry on. But yeah, sorry. So, so go on, Zach. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, so I found this homeless guy uh, sitting amongst all these like Santa Clauses, and I started interviewing him. And interestingly, his name was Wolf. Uh, I think he was he was Polish. <laughs> so I was like, okay, his name is Wolf. It's like, it's like yeah, okay, cool. And he sort of told me his life story. He told me how he became homeless. And there was a lot of really sad stories and maybe too too dark to to discuss but I, the, the story that most stayed in my mind that sort of painted the picture of what it's like to be a hobo in, in new york um i mean one thing that surprised me was how sort of just articulate and like i don't know if that's a bad thing to but he, yeah he was very sure and sure yeah he was very lucid and, and uh, the one story that always sticks into my mind was that he was telling me he was sleeping on the brooklyn bridge and uh in the, in the summer or something and he was he was sleeping and he he felt something was like sort of itching him or like biting him, and uh, he woke up and it was a he saw it was a rat, and he just grabbed the rat and in in his words he said uh, you know I just like squeezed it and all his guts came out, and so he essentially oh just God. exploded a rat with his bare hands, and that's the New York hobo oh experience, God. baby, New York, New York. <laughs> Wow. Okay. That also had nothing to do with Christmas. Except and it wasn't a fact. It was just a story. <laughs> just That's a story. 
It was great. No, that was that was that was lovely. Wow. Please it's, spare in a us sense, from that. It's what a homeless. I mean, it's the story of a homeless guy who I found at Christmas. Of so course, sure. Times. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well. uh... Thank you for that. I do need my palate cleansed. Please tell us about a Japanese <laughs> Christmas tradition now. Right, 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 after right, right. that. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, so uh, in Japan, they don't celebrate Christmas as a religious holiday. It's more like a sort of almost like a Valentine's Day there. So it's like a romantic evening where you like take out your <laughs> significant other. Or whatever. Um, but in the 1970s, KFC in Japan. Uh, the owner of uh, the the head of KFC in Japan had this idea of uh, doing sort of like a Christmas themed uh, promotion of like a family bucket and like come down to KFC. And since then, uh, it's become a tradition for for Japanese people to go to KFC and uh, yeah, just have KFC on 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 Christmas uh, Christmas Eve with their family. And uh, it's called. That's crazy. The- Oh no, I've lost the. Oh, yeah. I have heard this story. Is it, actually, is it gonna yeah. be? Is it really racist if I do it in the Japanese accent? <laughs> I would avoid yeah, it. Yeah, maybe that's avoid that. <laughs> anyway, oh no, what's it called? <laughs> it is called the Kuri Sumasu Niwa Kentucky or Kentucky for Christmas. And yeah, I just find it quite hilarious yeah. that wow. people in Japan cool. for Christmas. Maybe. That's awesome. Millions of people across Japan gathering around buckets of chicken <laughs> in the spirit of Christmas. Um, well, that's lovely. And uh, thank you for sharing that, especially after the previous story. But thank you for sharing that as well, because it reminds us of the breadth of experience that people um, live through at a time like this, much as they do at any other time of the year. Um, for the sake of... Um, you know, continuing this conversation, if you, the listener, have any particular striking Christmas stories, do do write to us and, and tell us about them. Because um, certainly maybe for, for the start of our next episode, which will still be a special before we start again in January with our overarching themes, um, you, we, 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 might, we might include, include some stories um, if, we, if we get any thoughts. So if you, like Zach, have had any particular... <laughs> encounters whether out on the street or you know some wild facts about christmas that we haven't mentioned here do let us know and we will share those with the rest of our audience um when we get the next opportunity to do so yes um thank you all um so much for for listening thank you nick and and thank you zach for for being on the podcast with me uh and and with each other and for coming here to get today to share these stories about christmas and the things we do at this time um and <laughs> you said that like such a drunk. Listen. <laughs> Go on, sorry, 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 sorry. Go on. You you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but it, you're right. It, um, it is high time to end the podcast. So, um, dear listener, um, with love and rage, goodbye and merry Christmas. Yes, merry Christmas, and thank you, Zach. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you, Zach. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>